0: Today on CityCast Denver. The election results are in. The CityCast Denver crew got together to watch it all play out live. And today we're breaking down how Denver voted and what it means. And for those races that are still being counted, contested, or too close to call, I'm sure we'll be picking this one apart for a while. Today is Wednesday, November 9th, 2022. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. Election night 2022. We're at my house watching the returns all together. I've got the CityCast crew with me. I've got producer Erin O'Toole. Hello. And producer Paul Caroli. Good evening, Bree. Hi, guys. Uh, So let's talk about what we're seeing so far. It's uh, almost nine o'clock. We got our last returns at 830. 30. Yeah, yeah,
1: basically, if it's not in by now, you're not going to hear it in the podcast because we (laughs) can't stay up
0: all night. There's some close ones we're watching we'll talk about, but Democrats did overwhelmingly very well in Colorado. Yeah,
1: I'm looking at these big statewide races, governor, Senate, secretary of state. Nothing really surprising here. But what about you guys?
0: I mean, I thought what was surprising was how quickly and early Polis's win was called. I think you marked it at 7.23 p.m., so <laughs> yeah. 23 minutes after polls closed, uh, ABC News was tweeting that Jared Polis had won yes. his second term as governor.
2: Yeah, I mean, what what an impressive campaign, what an impressive victory from Polis. And, and he won, a won huge, by a
0: healthy margin. A, so
2: A vindication for his message, which is basically like Colorado's awesome.
0: Yeah, Um,
2: that
1: was the most positive kind of closing message I think I've heard. Yeah, Colorado's awesome. We love living here, and basically, we have choices. We determine our own choices and our own future. It's kind of inspiring.
2: Yeah, I think Jared's the big story here across these big races. Like he he he's leading the Democratic slate here, and he seems to have buoyed the whole. Everybody, you know, Michael Bennett, they called just a few minutes after Polis, he won his race. Looks like Jenna Griswold's going to be Secretary of State again. Phil Weiser, Attorney General again. Even some of the really close races that we were looking at, like, or even some of the races that we didn't think were going to be close are turning out to be close. I mean, at least tonight, Lauren Boebert in District 3 seems like there's a chance. I mean, they're still counting votes, but it seems like there's a chance she might lose to the Democrat, Adam Frisch.
0: I thought that was so interesting. I have such a hard time understanding if his message was coming across to me because I'm generally vote Democrat, so mm. he was in my silo or in my, you know what I mean? Or if he was really getting this message across to the folks that are would be voting for him. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, that would be such a huge surprise if that district went blue after Lauren Boebert has made such a huge national profile for herself the last few years.
1: I mean, I think it would really say something about what the voters think about what she's doing if yes.
0: if this happens. This is what I was thinking about. So, you know, uh, over the summer, I was in her part of the state. Mm-hmm. I was at a wedding right. and I saw I mean, it was so many signs for her. Right. And I this uh, tonight, all I'm thinking is, well, maybe there's the vocal minority and the folks that are actually not voting for her are the ones that aren't saying anything Perhaps. Mm. Yeah. out loud.
2: Perhaps. So. Yeah.
0: That should be interesting. Should be interesting to watch. What else did Democrats come away with?
2: Well... Um, it looks like Brittany Pedersen, uh, past CityCast Denver guest, is going to beat um, the Republican Eric Odland in District 7. That's Ed Perlmutter's old seat. So the Democrats are going to be able to hold on to that one. The other super close one that was getting a lot of national attention on um, the broadcast earlier this evening was District 8, the new district um, Democrat Yadira Caraveau versus Barb Kirkmeyer, the Republican. That one is also looking very close, although Caravao is is up as we speak now.
1: By a super slim margin. And earlier it looked like Barb Kirkmeyer was way ahead of Caraveo. So
0: that's a good I, point, Aaron. It's bounced back and forth. So. It'll be very interesting to see what we end up with mm-hmm. in a couple hours.
1: We mm-hmm. may not even know in a couple of hours, um, yeah, which is the, making me feel better because I don't like to go to bed not knowing. But
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean that's another important thing about this election. You know, the midterm—it's a midterm, so it- the turnout is lower than on presidential elections, and it was looking, at least based on early voting, that turnout was lower than the last midterm in 2018. Um, yeah. I checked in with uh, the clerk's office here in Denver about how uh, the count is going so far, and they were saying they're expecting to be counting at least into Wednesday morning. So this could be a, a multi day situation.
0: Okay. Well, and I think that kind of speaks to this messaging conversation that we've been seeing nationally, even. It's like mm. Republicans. Telling other Republicans to not vote until the day of versus, I don't know, it's hard to tell because we're here in Colorado. We push early voting so heavily because we have such an accessible voting system that makes it very, very, very easy to vote early at home, mail in, drop. I mean, there's so many options, but... How that actually shows up and shows out in the polls was, is interesting.
2: I mean, when we walked, when I walked in here earlier this evening, Brie, on television, they were showing shots of lines at polling centers in Denver. I don't remember seeing that before. I've seen, I don't know, six, eight elections here.
0: I haven't seen it since, honestly, probably the early 2000s when I was a very young voter and you weren't able to vote mail-in yet. Yeah. Oh. So I don't know. Maybe that is speaking to who's coming out. And I feel like there were some
1: potential shenanigans or spoilers or whatever you want to call them. Wasn't there some messaging going out um, from conservative activists in Colorado telling people don't vote until the last day to Mm -hmm. try to to gum up the works a little bit?
0: (laughs) Which is like (laughs) counter to what our clerk and recorder has been saying the whole time, which is like, please vote early. Get it in early. It helps us prepare for this night to Make it go a little smoother. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter when you vote, right? Your vote will count no matter what. I think that's been the clerk's message. But they definitely made it a little bit harder <laughs> by waiting till the very last minute. Yeah. What other races? OK, so we've talked Pettersson, Caraveo, uh, versus Kirkmeyer. Jonah Goose did great. Uh,
1: Jason Crow is up. District six. Not too surprising. Again, votes still being counted. Diana to get he- huge margin as of taping right now. So that's not too surprising. That's not surprising to me at all. No. Ken Buck looks like he's cruising
0: to a win. Yeah. Unfortunately, also not surprising to me at all.
1: Maybe we should move on to some of the the ballot measures. There were a lot of statewide (laughs) measures. Some of them were quite complicated. Um, but if you made it through the blue book, congratulations, <laughs> you are now a Colorado voter. Paul, what were you watching? What were you most interested in for the 2022 midterms?
2: Well, I was most interested in the psilocybin measure for sure. The one that was going to decriminalize and uh, and then set up some regulations and, and call on our lawmakers to, to pass more regulations on a, what a legal market might start to look like here in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And that one looks like it is going to pass. It's pretty close, but yes is up by about 20,000 votes okay. right now. So it looks like the people of Colorado are not only for decriminalization, but also, you know, let's move fast. We want to lead again on psilocybin like we did with cannabis.
0: Yeah. I I kind of am not surprised when you put it up against how we have embraced cannabis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I have complex feelings about this measure for sure. I don't know what it's going to turn out to be like, but it is interesting that that we're on track Mm -hmm. as a state to continue with this move towards other alternative medicines. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I know there were competing measures. This is the one that made the ballot and maybe there was something to the corporate money behind it. For sure. Um, maybe also there was a little bit of a comfort level to, well, oh, it's going to kind of call for these centers where you can get some kind of therapeutic treatment that might have made it more palatable to some people. I'm not sure. Yeah. I
0: mean, I think we really had a basic case of a, a corporate backed uh, very, a money-backed initiative versus grassroots, which often, I mean, grassroots just means you often don't have enough money to get in front of everybody with your message, unfortunately. Right. I was keeping an eye on Prop 123 a bit, the Affordable mm-hmm. Housing
1: Fund. Mm-hmm. I lost track of it on my elections page and I don't know how it's doing, but this one was kind of controversial. It was complicated for me because I want more affordable housing. I want to do whatever... I can as a voter, as a citizen, but you've just heard so many horror stories about these programs that are created. They take, you know, you got to have the funding for them coming out of the state budget. And it's a boondoggle. Yeah. And so I'm
0: curious how voters are feeling about this. Yeah, I feel like we're we're rightly jaded by the fact (laughs) that. Yes, you're right. (laughs) We just don't know where, you know, where these things go or. Yeah, if this is going to be the, the magic bullet or the thing that really gets us back on track with the housing issue.
1: Right. Is it going to be run well?
2: Hmm. Well, it looks like voters were, were hungry for it. This one is up as well. It's it's pretty close, but yes is up by about 30,000 votes right now.
0: Okay. Also interesting to me, the alcohol measures 124, 125 and 126 oh, yeah. really played out each in their
1: own way. And not the way I would have guessed. I'm glad I didn't bet any money on this. I
0: couldn't tell you, to be (laughs) honest with you. Again, we're talking messaging, right? So uh, 124, I think our, our former guest, Jesse Paul from the Colorado Sun, called it the Total Wine Initiative because Total Wine, the like corporate... Liquor store was the one funding this. This out-of-state company was funding 124. But if you drove around or wandered around Denver, a lot of liquor stores had signs up saying, vote no on all of these. So it was an interesting battle with messaging here between a lot of money and uh, an industry, a local industry saying, hey, no thanks. But uh, 124 is so far, it's looking like it's not going to pass.
2: Yeah. That big margin right now. Big
0: margin. Um, 125, which would allow grocery stores to sell wine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, that one looks like it's it's still tight.
2: Super tight. Oh, man. That's Super within tight. a
0: half a percentage point right now. That's very tight. And then uh, 126, which was uh, the ability for third-party delivery apps to deliver alcoholic, like DoorDash. And that one is also looking like no, but it's close. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, uh, I got many, many texts. Oh yeah. From DoorDash and Uber Eats <laughs> saying you should support this. We that doesn't want to feel
2: deliver alcohol. Oh, not at all. Does it? Oh, absolutely they not. Your because email they have a you're direct a customer. Yeah. They
0: have a direct connection to me, but um my neighborhood liquor store, shout out to Bungalow Liquors. Uh, they can't text me. Your liquor store guy doesn't text you? No. <laughs> I
2: haven't seen him in, in a text- while. Well, to be fair,
0: I don't go to the liquor store, but Greg does, so maybe mm. he texts uh-huh. Greg and I don't know. But uh, but you're right, Paul. They had a direct line to me. <laughs> As a voter and a customer, which feels not appropriate. Yeah, I don't love that. I don't love that for us. Um, but it will be interesting to see where these all where these all uh, pan out. Mm-hmm. So, Proposition One Twenty One was a state income tax reduction. This was brought to us by I think the Independence Institute, John Calderas, folks. Mm-hmm. So it's this incremental tax decrease, and it's way up. Yep. I have to yeah. say I did not vote for it. Um, yeah, voter, voters say
2: yes clearly to voters did. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I feel like any time you put something in front of many, many people saying, let's pay less in taxes, they'll say yes, please. Um, never mind that if you make an average wage, an average salary, it's not
0: going to return that much money to you. Um, yeah, it's just one of those things in Colorado, though. I think mm-hmm. it's that quote libertarian streak when we talk about how we tax definitely Yep. i think it's it's indicative of that proposition ff healthy school meals for kids the thing that was really interesting about this one was this was a tax on folks making three hundred thousand dollars a year or more to fund a program for school meals so this was basically asking rich people to help our kids out Right, and so far we're looking at uh, it's going to pass.
2: Yeah, I mean, which I, is great. It, this mean. one is really interesting. This like tax rich people more because like the the common counter argument you hear all the time is, well, then they'll just leave. You know, they'll move out of state. <laughs> they'll go to yeah.
0: Mars. <laughs> I'm like, where are they going to go? But okay, uh,
2: Florida. You know, uh, yeah, that's Maybe. true. Way less taxes to pay, but I don't know. This it's not that big of a change. I don't. I don't expect. Um. I don't expect anyone's gonna move because of this.
1: Probably not.
2: Did we say that one's up? It looks like it's up. It's up by a, a 55%. Yes. Yeah, yep, we up.
1: Yeah, okay. Why don't we talk about some of the questions on the Denver ballot? Because these were really interesting.
0: These were really interesting. And I talked about this before in our coverage, but I really think that how these shake out says a lot about what our priorities are, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so 305 was the no eviction without representation, um, which would have created a fund for folks to access if they were possibly in... Um, a place where they might be being evicted, they would have access to a fund that would help them with lawyer's fees and stuff, which to me on on its face seems absolutely reasonable. We know that evictions can change someone's life in devastating ways, but voters overwhelmingly have said no to this. Were either of you surprised by that? I
2: yeah. was, definitely. I mean, given Same. the fact that this passed in Boulder a couple of years ago, we have data to say that this like has affected people in a positive way and hasn't like really raised taxes on anyone that much. I don't know. I saw people on Twitter talking about this, saying like maybe the ballot measure language was too confusing mm, or mm. just like too hard to tell how this would actually change things. But I don't know what the story is. It's a big margin that this is going down by right now. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's 20 points. The it, the nose at 60% of the vote.
1: It makes me wonder it, because there can't be that many people who are landlords. And this was going to be a fee levied upon. People who have rental properties, right?
0: And not mm-hmm. everyone.
2: Seventy five dollars per unit per year. Yeah, okay. but
0: I'll tell you that again, we'll talk about a silent majority. Mm. Folks that own property. Yeah. yeah. I think that's kind of what we saw happen here. Mm. Was the that the renters versus the landlords. Yeah. And the landlords won out, unfortunately for us. Um I hope that This is not the end of that fight. Yes. Again, Paul, you mentioned that this had passed in Boulder. So maybe a second time around with maybe easier to understand ballot language would help folks. Um, Again, we got to give credit to the newer folks. This was a completely grassroots uh, ballot initiative. And they were on the ground every day trying to get the message out. But again, messaging is really hard when you don't have the funding to back it. Yeah, Yeah, mean,
2: This is a years long campaign for them. Absolutely. This must be a really hard night.
0: Yeah, this is really a bummer to me.
1: Yeah. And one of the things that I've learned during this election cycle, this particular one, is how what money can get you and how it can get you on the ballot. Mm -hmm. And
0: so it's very telling. Um, But again, we're now we're looking at 306, equally a grassroots effort here. Um, This was the Waste No More initiative that was going to implement recycling and composting for businesses, apartment buildings festivals, events, all kinds of places in Denver that don't currently have easy or access to compost and recycle in some way. Yeah, um, I'm thinking in particular about folks that live in apartment buildings that have wanted to compost and recycle, but their building doesn't provide it. So it makes it very difficult to do it. This one uh, overwhelmingly passed. We're yeah. looking at over 67% at this point. People, I, I mean, that that yeah. that's interesting to me. I think that means that we do care about the environment. You
1: know how we talk about how Denver has an abysmal recycling rate? Yeah. Mm. It's not our fault. We want to do it. That's a good point. This is us <laughs> saying
0: we do want to do it. Let us do it.
1: If only judging by the performance of this particular ballot measure. What
2: mm. do you think, Paul? Oh, I mean, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how the system ad- uh, adapts to these two changes, because we had this one and then the city and the city council passed this. Right. measure um the that charge that's going to charge uh, homeowners for for trash pickup but make composting and recycling free. That's going to start in January. So I don't know. It's going to be a big change for our recycling and composting systems. That's what I'm going to keep my eyes on in the next few months.
0: Yeah, that's a good point, Paul. I'd love to see how this works in conjunction with that. Like if we can get our rates up as a city, if we make it more accessible for folks and also make us think about what we're putting in which bin. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Initiative 307, Denver deserves sidewalks. Also a close one, but it looks like that it's winning at 52 percent. This was an interesting one because this would sidewalks have always been the property owners issue. Right. Yeah. And and a lot of folks argue, myself included, why does the city not take care of this? But it takes care of roads. Well, um, the streets partnership folks said we can't keep waiting on the city to Make that shift, right? (laughs) To make that transition to like, okay, we're going to pay for the sidewalks. So they said, hey, let's ask the taxpayers to pay for the sidewalks because sidewalks really are for everyone. And so far, it's looking like it's going. Yeah, it's pretty
1: tight. I mean, this could definitely change by morning, but I thought this was a really interesting one to learn about because property owners right now, you can just get hit with a surprise bill from the city and you have to fix your own sidewalk. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people who were not in favor of 307 said, well, the city should do it. And yes, that's probably true, but they don't. Yeah. So,
0: Paul, what do you think?
2: I don't know. I don't know with this I one. Know. I mean, I, I thought this one would be close. Looks like it's pretty close. I don't know. I, we'll see. We'll see how it shakes out.
0: Uh, and then uh, two I taxes for the library.
2: Denverites oh. love their libraries. And I love
0: that we love our libraries. This is overwhelmingly sixty-five percent said. Let's create a dedicated funding stream for our libraries so they can do some backlog projects, maybe pay their folks more. Yep. I love this for our libraries. This is yeah. good. This is good.
2: Yeah. I mean, one thing that really grabbed my uh, attention around the coverage of this was that, um, you know, let's say this passes prior prior to this passing. Um, we funded our libraries like way less than like Jefferson County and Douglas County. So this would bring us into, back into line with some of our <laughs> Which neighbors. Which blows my
0: mind. Because like I'm, Douglas
2: County was funding yeah, libraries more than that? Denver. That and makes no sense. knowing
0: how much the library does for the city of Denver. I mean, yeah, The, the historical
1: archives me. alone. Oh. I mean, that's worth any amount of funding. It's I a mean, precious resource.
0: I'm thinking the public restrooms, the bare minimum things that they provide <laughs> that the pe- people have been asking the city to do, the library does. Yeah. And so finally, the library might be getting some funding so they could work on those other things like their beautiful archives, you know. <laughs> um, and then we have uh, 2J and 2K. Paul, can you tell me about those? They were huge wins, mm-hmm. overwhelmingly.
2: Yep. Yeah, so these are, these are definitely going to pass. These two measures are both on the ballot because of TABOR, the taxpayers bill of rights we've been talking about. Um, Kind of complicated why they're even there, but these are both taxes that Denver voters passed a few years ago, uh, one on homelessness and one on climate. So we already passed those things, but because of Tabor um, and because the revenues collected were higher than anticipated, the city had to come back to taxpayers and be like, can we use this extra money for the original purpose that you already approved? And taxpayers are saying, go ahead.
0: Paul, you were kind of talking about this earlier. Do you think that Coloradans just actually think Tabor's okay?
2: I don't know what the future of Tabor looks like. <laughs> after after Jared Polis did his whole rebrand thing, calling the, the Tabor refunds the Colorado cashback and moving that before the election. Like, I, I don't know. I, I mean, before that, Democrats were always talking about trying to repeal Tabor and they were always failing. So maybe this is just the beginning of a new era where both parties are trying to use it for their own purposes yeah. whenever they have the power. Like we know it's and it's like, convenient.
0: Yeah. This thing that's encumbered into our government. We can't get rid of it. Why don't we work with it? Or and, you know, be the governor and rebrand
1: it.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. It just reminds me of my dad retired and then didn't like being retired, so he started doing taxes. And he would try <laughs> to get people to you know, lower your withhold pay less taxes and then yeah, you won't get a big tax refund. And people just said, No, I want that big tax refund. It mm-hmm. is nice.
0: I mean, nothing feels yeah. better
2: than a bonus.
0: What you what yes. what you perceive to be as a bonus check. Yeah.
2: Right? It's true. No, it's it worked on me. <laughs> oh, it's true. I I don't know though. I don't think it's a good way to fund the state. I feel like I don't love it. No, you, I don't love it at all. Oh. But I would just encourage people to think of like all government services as T- funded by your taxes and anything that the government does is money coming out of your pocket. That's how taxes work. You can call it a fee. You can call it a tax. You can call it like a, a carve out of a dispensation of a something from years ago. But it's just like, if it's the government doing it, it costs taxpayer money. Yeah. Taxes had to be higher for that program to exist. That's yeah. just how mm-hmm. government works.
0: Yeah. So... Love it or not, Tabor is here. Yeah. Tabor
2: is here. Really don't (laughs)
0: think it's going anywhere. Still here. (laughs) It's still here. Mm -hmm. Uh 2L was um, as far I think as far as I understand, it was the clerk and recorder's office, the elections office basically trying to update some things Mm -hmm. um to make uh voting more streamlined or make the their side of things more streamlined, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The processing of votes and whatnot. And it. Uh, overwhelmingly 79%. Yeah.
1: I want to point out, Paul, you predicted huge wins for two J K and L Mm -hmm. and uh, you're right.
2: (laughs) Appreciate (laughs) you mentioning that, Aaron.
1: Thanks.
2: (laughs) Although it looks like I was wrong about psilocybin. I predicted that one to go down and it's ahead right now.
1: Well, things can change overnight. And -hmm. if nothing else, we have been having these conversations that we hadn't really had before. and It's kind of wild.
0: If you think about it, Mm -hmm. like, having this conversation 15 years ago. Like I was telling you guys before weed was legal. If you walked into say independent records who also sold pipes, Mm -hmm. they had a giant sign that said, can you say water pipe? Cause you couldn't even say like, you couldn't reference weed. Like you couldn't, you weren't supposed to talk about it. Right. And so here we are now talking about legalization of psilocybin, like things have changed. And I think it's really important for us to remember that. Mm Yeah. That like, these are the shifts that we're seeing socially and in society around plant medicine. Interesting stuff. Uh, Okay. Big takeaways. Final thoughts.
1: I just want to say how awesome it is that we live in Colorado where voting is so easy. It's so secure. I love that. I mean, this morning I opened my email and got an email from ballot tracks your vote has been counted Same, yeah
0: and i dropped mine off last night at seven o'clock whoa it's
1: see they're amazing it.
0: yeah i know it's kind of nerdy but it just made me feel good and also you can watch a live stream of the elections division working right now yeah like if <laughs> i don't it doesn't really get more transparent than are they that wearing green vests this is a oh, conversation
1: yeah. <laughs> for another time i thought is that a saint patrick's day celebration no <laughs>
0: Paul, what are you thinking? I think yeah. Jared
2: Polis is the headline here. on On a night where the map is red across the country, Colorado is moving further to the left. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jared Polis—it looks like he's going to win by twenty points. Yeah, that's huge. And he's—he's he's raised the whole Democratic ticket. I wouldn't be surprised if national media took notice, and there was a lot of talk about a uh, possible Polis presidential campaign in the next two years.
0: I also just wonder if we're seeing the effects of growth. The folks that are moving here, Mm. right, in the last 10, 15, 20 years, have helped to shape what our politics look like. Mm -hmm. And it makes Denver and Colorado even more attractive to folks. We're potentially legalizing psilocybin. We have uh, a queer-identifying governor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, It's interesting stuff.
2: Who supports and protects abortion rights. People's right yep. to choose. It's a it's a very potent combination when he's selling this whole like uh, economic freedom and personal personal liberties.
0: Oh man, I really do take for granted that I live here where I'm like, oh yeah, everything's pretty cool. Like we're still we've still got a long way to go on a, a lot of issues, but some stuff mm-hmm. you couldn't pay me to live in Mississippi, you know? Yeah. I mean, that just means that their folks have to work even harder to get the vote out. But uh, we're lucky. I I would say my takeaway is I'm fascinated by what Denver is interested in. Mm -hmm. I'm disappointed that we don't want to support folks in possibly being evicted. I think that's a huge bummer. Um, But I am excited that we embraced our climate activism and decided that maybe we need to get better about our trash and recycling. And uh, I will be interested to see how the sidewalks thing shakes out. Either way, we need sidewalks. Everybody knows it. Yeah. If this is the way to do it, Okay, great. If it's not, we've got to figure out another way. Yeah. hmm Well, we're recording this uh, the evening of the elections. If you want a more up-to-date version of where we are with some of these issues, you can check out our newsletter, Hey Denver, which you can subscribe to by texting Denver to 66866. And uh, Peyton, our newsletter editor, will have more up-to-date results for you as you listen to this this morning. Uh, Paul and Aaron, thank you so much. Thanks, Brent. This is great. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell Jared Polis about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter, Hey Denver, by texting Denver to 66866. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye-bye. Today is Tuesday, November 9th, 2022. I'm Brie. It's not. It's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. It says Wednesday even. Okay.